On today's episode, we're going to finish up a two-part series on how to communicate the value of a maintenance agreement to your homeowner. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started, I want to run a short clip from our Seizing the Summer series. This is a 16-week program that launches June 1st and goes on every Monday for 16 weeks. So if sales is not a numbers game, it's all about the ABCs. And I'm not talking about ABC like A, always B, B, C, closing from the movie Glengarry Glen Ross with Alec Baldwin. We're not talking about those ABCs. What we are talking specifically about is the ABCs of the activities and the behaviors and how you show up in your life, in your customer's life, in your company, and the things that you do to get the results. Because in the first episode, we, we actually took a deep dive in some, into the, some of the, the statistics. Easy for you to say, right? But we took a deep dive looking at the statistics. Well, as I said to you in episode one, the statistics are a result of the story that led to those statistics. So let's dive into what I'm talking about. A, attitude. You've got to show up with the right attitude. You've got to have an attitude of gratitude, as they say. Grateful for the opportunity that you have to go out and see a customer. You get a lead, you have an opportunity to serve another human being and make a connection with another human being. But you've got to show up with the right attitude every day, every call. That comes from you, that comes from within. And so you need to work on that every day, work on your attitude. If something didn't go right on the last sales call, you've got to reset, you've got to become resilient. But attitude is what drives this whole engine. And so we always start the ABCs with attitude because it's the most important thing. You get to be a thermometer or a thermostat. The cool thing about being a thermostat is, is you set the temperature. You decide what happens. You are the catalyst for action in your life and in customers' lives and within your business. They say that nothing happens until uh, a salesperson makes a sale or until somebody sells something. What I would submit to you is that nothing happens until somebody buys something and it's usually from a salesperson but they're only going to buy it from a salesperson if they connect with that salesperson. Now, if you're a premium member, you already have access to this, so make sure you tune in. If you're not a premium member, go to egaa.org summer and learn all about it. Now, last week we started the discussion on how to communicate the value and benefits of a maintenance agreement to your clients, so let's dive right back in. Take it away, Mr. Gary Ellis. So lower operating costs, lower failures. Um, we check the box of it's environmentally friendly. Um, one of the things that we want to communicate to homeowners today is that we are going to make sure that your system is not in a position where it's leaking refrigerant. Um, that's bad for the environment, especially if it's an R22 system. We know that. So we're going to make sure when we do our planned service or our cleaning checks uh, or our precision tune-up or whatever nomenclature that you're using, that we're going we're gonna to make sure the system is operating at peak condition and that there are no environmental hazards or any issues along those lines. Now, a lot of people don't really care about that, but there's an awful lot of people that do care about that. So depending on the area of the country you're in, depending on how people's perceptions are set up, there's a bunch of folks that that is going to check a box for them. So it's better for the environment for me to keep your machine operating at peak efficiency. We use less electricity. That's less stress on the carbon side of things. This is a good thing for everybody. It's good for you. It's good for us. It's certainly good because you're not going to have the 
you know, future repair costs. The lifetime guarantee for us is important. We want to make sure that the customer understands that keeping themselves in the maintenance club allows us to take any repair that they have over here and puts them in a position where that repair is guaranteed parts and labor for the life of that system as long as they stay in the club. Now, if they drop out of the club, then all those warranties die off in the sense that there's no more lifetime guarantee. It's just the standard warranty for the part. Most of the customers, they like this because they're kind of ticked off about the idea that they just had a failure, and so especially if it's a new client. So the question becomes, you know, do you want to institute a five-year repair guarantee or a lifetime guarantee? So this is on our HVAC repairs. We do five years on plumbing. Water is different than heating and air conditioning, so we have not extended the plumbing repairs to the lifetime. We're strictly at the five-year mark. Now, there's some reasons for that because of where we are. Pretty hard water. The water's pretty terrible, actually. Uh, so next benefit is front of the line, uh, the life cycle of the equipment, and the product discounts. So I want to talk about the product discounts when we get back into the learning lab. What we're saying here is that we're going to give you dollars available for you to use to defer the price of an accessory upgrade uh, or if you want an equipment upgrade, we're going to accrue dollars. So I'll just make believe for a second. Let's say that we give you $250 available to use towards the purchase of an accessory product that's in your flat rate book or your sales book. So uh, I'm, again, I'm making that number up. You can assign whatever number you want. So those are penguin bucks, buckeye bucks, uh, good guy bucks. You can call it whatever you want from a marketing communications point of view. I like the idea of branding that as part of your club agreement. But basically what we're saying is if you buy a UV light, whatever the price of the UV light is, we're taking $250 off of it because that's a coupon that you have as a part of being in the club. And so one of the other benefits that's going to be attached to this that you'll see on the nomenclature is that we're going to allow you some uh, specials from time to time. Basically, we're going to collect your email. Okay, so it's important as a service technician you understand this. Once we're in the club, we have the ability to market to you. Email drip campaigns are one of the most powerful and most effective and lowest cost per lead campaigns that we have today in our marketing platforms, period. It's not even close. SEO organic leads are first. Email marketing is second. They're the two best sources of costs to get leads. So that being said, what we're going to say here to a client is from time to time, we'll get with you and we'll promote specials that will be unique and internal to our customers only. This will not be public. So for us, a good example of that is the Sweet 16 or the 20-year blowout where we've given customers the opportunity to do an upgraded piece of equipment so they can buy a brand new 16-seer two-stage piece of equipment with a variable speed air handler and you know for a one-day job no duck mods or anything like that on this price point but there's a price point attached to it and we will come to them and we will offer them with a financing package and we will give them a 16-year parts and labor warranty that's not going to be marketed out to the world that's internal to the existing customer base so that's an example of an equipment promotion or an accessory promotion that gets offered in here where these types of benefits are offered to clients does that mean anything to me today Probably not. I'm a little bit ticked off about the whole $650 thing. Not happy. I didn't get up in the morning and expect that. So, but it will mean something later 
as we transition away from this and we get a customer into the club program, what we're going to find is that we're starting to build a relationship with the client. We're not selling them anything. We're doing the maintenance. We're taking care of business. The customer might have two, three, four years of maintenance where we've dealt with it. By the way, the average maintenance ticket needs to be about $230 would be sort of a KPI on the minimum number. That's the, not just the price of the maintenance club agreement. That's you finding a potential repair occasionally and just you know, basically saying, hey, would you like to do this? Or additional repairs that come as a part of it. Maybe the customer wants you know, a, a, an additional coil cleaning. You want to pull the blower, clean the squirrel cage, things that are not included in the base agreement. So you're going to end up with repairs that drive this number higher. So I don't really care, and I don't think you should care as a company uh, or even as a technician. If the client doesn't buy anything today, that is, that's, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we took care of our responsibilities and we made the customer feel great about our brand experience. They will buy things from us if we do that. That's a certainty. So as the equipment ages and as the agreement itself ages, what's going to end up happening is the client relationship will then become much more trustworthy. We're no longer dealing with, I'm ticked for $650 plus the agreement. I've gone out and I've dealt with my mechanic and my auto enough that I know that he's not scamming me. He's not trying to sell me anything. He's got my best interest at heart. And so when he tells me, you know, hey, these rotors on your brakes are getting to the point where you need to start thinking about them. You're good. It's not something you have to deal with today, but it is definitely something that you need to be thinking about. You got another eight, maybe 10,000 miles on it. So just be thinking about that. So the identification of that opportunity is something that you build that trust. The point is, is that what happens is later, when it becomes a repair versus replace opportunity, or it becomes a sweet 16 or a blowout, you have that unique position of trust, authority, credibility. We've got the relationship. We've, we've established that we are a great company to do business with and that you're a great technician. So the customer is going to buy it from you. That's just the nature of the beast. That's why 67% more is the methodology that we know from the research existing customers will spend with that relationship versus brand new. This customer right here today with the $650 I'm in crisis modes, brand new, they're not in the mode of spending an awful lot of money. They don't have that trust built up yet. There's no credibility. There's no authority. There's no trust. So this is an example of the list of benefits. I'm not saying it's complete. I'm saying that you need to have a list of benefits, and we're going to transfer that to some collateral material, and we need to internalize those. We need to know those. We need to be able to communicate. That gets down to role play. It gets down to practice. It gets down to you sitting down and talking to your other technicians or your service management function, and you just basically learning to communicate and interpret and be able to use what we call green light words as opposed to red light words. Now, the last area here on this list is what we call simplicity. So the simpler the product, the simpler the methodology for billing, the more likely it is you will have uptake. Uptake meaning that the client will buy something from you. So we want a customer conversion rate of about 50%. That's the number of demand service crisis calls that we should be able to get into the club agreement program. We've been running about 71% for a long time using these procedures. Uh, it didn't start at 71%. It actually started closer to 25% mostly because the service group that we had were not good communicators. They were not good, they were, they're not wired from a DNA point of view to be good at communications. 
So we practiced, and uh, we got better at it. We helped them understand the mindset of why this is a good thing for a client. We made sure that their attitude was set up correctly so that they understood their work today with this client translates into an inspiring brand experience, or it translates into, I'm, I don't really want to be here experience. So it's, it could be either one, right? So we want to make sure that we're not only delivering our own mindset, but we understand that that's translating to the client. And then we train them on the products and services over a period of time. And so what happened is the program didn't change, the technician changed. And that's my message to you is if you're a great technician, you aren't just great at your technical work, you're great at mindset and you are great at customer experience and you are great at communicating a value proposition. So if somebody in your service organization gives you a product, you need to become great at understanding and internalizing that. So the internalization of this is key. So that's a lot. We've talked about a lot of stuff here in this particular segment. What I'd like to do is take you back into the learning lab and show you some of the collateral materials and some of the baseline ideas about how we try to simplify this and make this easier. You know, for example, just walking through the service ticket from an economic point of view makes it more palatable for a consumer to want to buy into the club because we're going to offer them a discount here. And then the idea of being able to connect them to some of the collateral materials and some of the research and the benefit structure gives the emotional condition, it's basically a safety consideration. In other words, what I mean by safety is we've taken away the risk. We've given the customer enough benefits that whatever they think about the price for the agreement, they see more benefits on top of it. So risk mitigation goes away and that's a safety consideration from an emotional point of view. So let's go back in studio. All right, so I'm gonna pull up a couple of files here. So the service ticket itself is a service ticket. Anybody's got a service ticket, everybody's got an invoice. You can do this electronically or obviously we can do this, you know, manually. So I like to point out a couple things about this service ticket. Sorry about that. We'll bring that back up. The service ticket itself, you'll notice that there's a stop sign inside of that service ticket right there. And just to the left of that stop sign, you'll notice that there's a description of work that we would perform today. There's a set of recommendations. Now, I'm going to ask as a business that you have this set of recommendations organized, but there's also a secondary form that we use for discussions about accessories, uh, quotes for equipment. So we've got a best, better, good recommendation form that's basically option one, option two, option three that we use that goes behind this. This is service tech recommendations for service stuff. So just keep that in mind. Two different discussions. But if the customer declines the recommendations, Gary, those rotors, they look like they might be in condition where you might want to think about it. Not necessary to change them today. I am recommending it, but you can get away with it. What do you want to do? No, I don't want to do it. Great. He's going to make me sign there. The same is held true with the contactor, the capacitor. Uh, maybe you see something there that, you know, the equipment looks pretty good, but that contactor looks a little pitted. It's still operating. Maybe the capacitor is operating within range but I think you may want to consider replacement of it. You have to have the technician recommendation there and the customer signatures decline. That's important protection for you because later what happens is that thing fails. You end up with a 115 degree day that we had the other day and the equipment's just running nonstop 24 seven. And you know, it's just, it's just, it was its time. It was already going to be at risk and it does fail. 
So literally, the customer calls back and says, you know, Gary was just out here. I don't understand. Why you didn't tell me this was a problem? I mean, you're, you've got maintenance with me. And so you were, we're trying to avoid that particular type of a crisis with a club agreement customer. So it's imperative that the service technician does a full diagnostic. I'm going to repeat that process, that it's imperative that the technician does a full diagnostic on the system and understands whatever they're going to recommend. This does not mean the customer has to do it. It does mean that we've done our job as a thorough professional evaluating all of it. When I go in for a physical, they look at all of me. They look internal and external, right? Hey, you've picked up a few pounds. You might want to lose some weight. Hey, your blood cholesterol level is a little high. You might want to reduce that. Your blood pressure is high. We might want to do that. They're not telling me to do it. They're identifying for me what the issues are. And then there's a course that, and so they go, do you want to do this? Great. Do you want to go on these meds? No. Okay, so I'm in charge of the decision, but that's what that decline box is for. The stop sign is also imperative because that gives us the customer relationship to be able to emotionally give the discount. So let's just, I'm going to scroll up just a little bit so we can see this. There is a box that's a part of that. You'll notice it's reverse type so that it stands out. Very important marketing communications from the standpoint of the technician. The customer can't really go past this. The stop sign is there. But it says, you know, do you want to pay less today? So $650, our discount is 20%. Important note that you as a business and a technician here watching this video need to make that note. What's your discount? Well, the mathematics are already tied into our iPad, so we don't calculate that stuff anymore. This is now electronic, but it looks just like this. So 20% of $650 is $130. So that means 650 is now 520. That's boom, put in there. The technician does not have to do that. So I can save $120 today right off of the ticket. Great. But I also have a diagnostic fee of $89, and I'll discount that diagnostic fee if you join the club today. And in some cases, we'll waive it completely, but we're no, it will be no less than a $40 discount. So 89 goes to 49. Our service agreement club ticket and our collateral material says that you will never pay more than $49 for a diagnostic fee. So we're reducing 89 to 49. That's a club economic benefit. It's one of our benefits. I'm not saying it should be one of yours, but it works in the sense that now it's not just the $130 that I'm saving today. 89 and 650, we're going to be 739. So now the extra 40 bucks that I'm saving, 89 goes to 49. Plus, I already saved 20% off the 650. So the 130 is my savings on the actual repair. $40 is my savings on the diagnostic. That's $170. Put those two together is 170 bucks. My club price is 169. So you actually save a dollar by joining my club today. Now, why wouldn't you do that? Because now you're getting life cycle of the equipment, environmental benefits. You get the you know the club bucks, the penguin bucks. You know, you get top of the line, front of the queue service. You're going to get a lifetime repair guarantee. You're going to get accessory opportunities and equipment opportunities that are private sales. I mean, you're going to get these benefits. You're going to get lower repair failure rates. Why wouldn't you do that? And you save a dollar. So I've eliminated the economic pain for the consumer in this particular case by setting the discount at a higher percentage. So as a service group, you'll have to decide what you want to do. I see a lot of companies out there that are at 10% and 15%. And that was the normal number, and that's okay. 
But here's my advice. Step one, raise your service rates. Step two, raise your discount. So all the customers that are out there that aren't joining your club should be paying a higher price. And they are, in fact, going to fund the customers that are getting the discounts. What you want is you want all your customers to join your club. So why not raise your price and give a bigger discount? They were never paying more than they were going to pay anyway. But you're making the people that aren't joining your club, that are using your resources, that are calling you out on Friday night at 9 o'clock at night when you're on call, they're going to pay a premium. You should be paid a premium as a technician. So I don't really understand why you wouldn't do it that way. But there will be people out there that will say, no, I don't want to do that. And you know what? That's okay. It's your business. But I'm explaining to you from a benefit point of view how you make it mind-numbingly stupid for a consumer not to join your club. That's the goal. We got to get a thousand club memberships per million dollars. Make it so it's dumb for the client not to say yes. Make it simple. All right, so that being said, I'm going to suggest to you then that uh, here is an example then of our checklist. You can have your own checklist, but this is the value when we start talking about our uh, combined repairs and what we're doing on a particular tune-up, what is the value of each one of these repairs stack, that $1,200 we talked about, okay, so it cost me money to get the tech out there, get the vehicle out there, but this is the precision tune-up checklist. One other point on this, and this is done in the maintenance discussion as well, um, I want you to make sure that you understand that there is a, uh, a stop sign down below on this particular form, and we schedule the next tune-up visit. So if I sell the club agreement and uh, the, cu the customer says, that sounds great, Gary, let's do that, um, what I do is I schedule the next visit before I leave there. If that ticket for the service tech is not closed, and we don't want to dispatch the technician until we actually close up that ticket. So then here's the plumbing inspection. And again, you guys can take a look at this. These are on the site. But the plumbing inspection form is part of our deal. So we give three tune-ups to the client. That's important for you to recognize. Our benefit structure has three events. We've got two heating and air conditioning events, right? One in the spring, one in the fall. We, we didn't even do spring and fall. That's bad, bad nomenclature. I'm going to take that back. We do it based on runtime hours and scheduling, but we'll just call it, you know, one now, uh, six months from now, and one 12 months from now. But what we do is we layer in the plumbing agreement. This is a whole house inspection form. So you can take this. If you're not in plumbing, that's fine. But for us, what we want to do is we want to give the customer that added value. What is this worth? This is worth about $150. So that's a stacked repair. So you, there's no obligation here. We're just going to walk through, make sure everything is done right, make sure your flapper valves are good. We're going to flush the water heater. We're going to do a dye test you know, on the, uh, the toilets. We're going to just make sure everything is good. And uh, if it's all good, it's all good. This is just an inspection process, so you know what's going on with your mechanical. So we have the service ticket. We have club agreements. We have collateral materials. And so here's an example. This is our collateral material that we would give to the service technician to be able to walk through precisely the product that we just talked about. Know your product means know your benefits. So lifetime service guarantee, you notice that's highlighted. You notice down at the bottom, it's $169. By the way, that's $13.99 per month if we use the monthly debit club. So that's something that we do. Uh, we don't really promote that because we're not in the business of the administrative side of things, but we do offer it in the sense that if a customer says, well, can I pay for it monthly? The answer is yes, of course. We can set you up on either a monthly credit or debit process. 
it's $13.99. It's perpetual. You know, you'll have to cancel it. So it's very important to recognize this set of principles that um, you'll see right there that there's $250 of ABC bucks. And so that goes back to that discount of accessories. So when we go back a year from now or two years from now, and we have an opportunity for a UV light, or we have an opportunity for an upgraded stat, or an upgraded humidification or dehumidification system. Maybe we're doing a water heater or water filtration. Doesn't matter what it is. The customer has those dollars available. Key point, it doesn't accrue. So we're not doing 250 this year. You didn't use it. 500 next year. You didn't use it. 750 the next year. We are not doing that. It's $250 each year, and it does perish. So that gives the consumer the opportunity to think about whether or not they want to use those dollars deferred discount to be able to get an accessory that might be part of our suggested uh, uh, protocol. So if you've got an older stat, we can upgrade it for you, no problem. If you need humidification, we can do that. These discounts apply. So I want you to understand that this also comes with you know, a nice picture of my technician. That's important. So I've loaded this into the technician's materials. I want the technician to be in there. I want the customer to have a personal relationship with us and the technician. And then we also want to make sure that we have a money back guarantee. So we're in the business of making customers happy. Um, have we given a customer's money back before? Yes, of course. Have we got 1,000 service agreements per million? Yes, of course. So I would rather have 1,000 service agreements per million and have the prosperity that comes with the accessory sales the lead turnovers, we know one out of eight, one out of 12 are going to be accessories somewhere in that range. And we know one out of 15 are going to be equipment sales. We're making a lot of money on those transactions and we're selling high efficiency equipment. What do I care about giving a customer money back if for whatever reason they're kind of upset at me and I didn't do my work right and they're saying, hey, I don't really like you very much right now. I'm going to give you 169 back. I'm not in the business then of the lifetime guarantee at that point. So in other words, they're basically saying, Hey, we're not in, we're not, you're not our provider anymore. So you should be able to say that with confidence that if you're delivering to the client, what's the risk? And the answer is there is no risk. You are going to give them their money back anyway. I would sit here and argue with you that if a client was complaining at you and you faced a potential negative review in the marketplace, you're giving the customer their money back. So why not put it down on a piece of paper and use that as a benefit and put the technician who's watching this video in a position to say, you really don't have any risk, Mrs. Jones. Not only is this a good idea for you because you save a dollar, but honestly, if you're not satisfied, we're going to give you your money back. We're going to take care of it. We're so confident that you're going to be satisfied with this that this is a no-brainer for us. Okay? So you've got no risk. So would you like to sign up? And the answer is, yeah, let's do that. So what I've done here so far is I've given you an overview of some of the ideas. So know your products, know the features and benefits, internalize those, understand the sales process. That's a different video. That's understanding you know, the purpose process payoff statement, understanding the three principles, focus on the customer, right? Make sure you earn the right to advance, persuade through involvement, know the seven steps, know the social styles, follow and study those videos because that's going to make you a better professional as a communicator. But knowing your sales process is key understanding the value chain, the client, what they're thinking and what, so economics are good, emotional issues are there, and then we have the issue of whether the physicality, do I have the standardized truck stock. Understand that you have to internalize all of this. You can't just be winging it. 
you've got to be talking through the benefit platform based on the idea that it's it, whatever your company's benefits are, you've internalized the idea, features move to benefits. Cleaning the coil turns into saving money. Cleaning the coil turns into a system that lasts longer. Cleaning the coil turns into fewer failures, fewer repairs. It's just going to be a better system operating. So communicate the value, have your collateral materials, put yourself in a position where you understand the true value. Ours is $1,200. Yours might be $1,500. Depends on what you're doing on the maintenance. And make sure you have your techs trained. Make sure that you sit down and you actually role play. You have to sit down and say, Gary, let me, let me talk to you about what's going on with your system today. Do you, do you have a minute? Absolutely. So you role play that and then we have that discussion and say, you know, with regularly scheduled maintenance, this probably could have been avoided. When was the last time you had maintenance done, Gary? Gosh, I didn't have, I don't know. I've just moved in. I really know. I'm not sure. Or I don't know. I don't think I've ever done any maintenance. So role play and have the, you know, individuals in the room debrief. So we talked about the service debriefing. Make sure that they're participating in writing what the technician who's doing the role play is doing well what you're doing poorly, coach them up. Remember that criticism and constructive criticism is a form of love. It's a form of getting better. It's a form of improvement. You've got to build an environment where each one of the technicians in this room understand that they have to be good at understanding the product, but they also have to be good at understanding the customer, and you've got to connect those two dots. As usual, awesome content from Mr. Gary right there. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, I'd encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking Join at the top of this page. This is just a small piece of the process, and you need the whole thing to make it all work. Now, we have a lot more content from Gary on technician communication and selling, such as the proper mindset and attitude for technicians, fixing the customer before fixing the problem, the perfect service call process, presenting options to customers, presenting service agreements, and about 20 other topics. So sign up today for a trial and try it out for yourself absolutely free. And if you're a member already, well, you better start logging in and watching all these courses from the master, my friend, Mr. Gary Ellis. So folks, that's our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now. <laughs>